Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition Diva podcast, a show where I try to put the latest nutrition headlines and research into perspective for you so you can make good decisions about what to eat. And I also love to answer listener questions. And in fact, before I get into the main topic today, which is the World Health Organization's recent recommendation on low-calorie sweeteners, I want to answer a related question from Lynn. She wrote, there's lots of material everywhere saying that sugar is bad and that if you eliminate sugar from your diet, lots of good things are going to happen. The only added sugar in my diet was the sugar in my morning tea, and I cut this out entirely for three months to see those benefits. But the only thing I felt during those three months was a little extra tired. Now I'm wondering whether sugar is really all that bad. There are a lot of people out there saying that sugar is toxic and that you need to cut sugar out of your diet entirely in order to be healthy. But there's a popular saying in toxicology, and that is, the dose makes the poison. So if you're consuming 30 or 40% of your daily calories in the form of added sugars, which, sad to say, is not that unusual then eliminating sugar from your diet for three months could make a huge difference in how you feel and other markers of health. But you know what? You'd probably get the same payoff by cutting your sugar consumption down to, say, 5% of your daily calories. Cutting it from 5% to 0%, as Lynn did, probably wouldn't make much of a difference at all. Sugar is not toxic. However, Immoderate consumption of added sugars can definitely lead to problems, which is why there is a multi-billion dollar market for sugar substitutes. But as you may have seen in the headlines a couple of weeks ago, the World Health Organization just issued a controversial new recommendation on zero-calorie sweeteners. The WHO continues to endorse a role for non-sugar sweeteners for people with diabetes. However, for everyone else, the WHO is now recommending against the use of non-sugar sweeteners, especially for the purpose of weight management. Their review of the available evidence concludes that artificial sweeteners do not have any positive benefits in terms of reducing overweight or obesity and may, in fact, do some harm. Now, the organization concedes that the evidence is not airtight. A lot of it is observational. And remember, correlation is not causation. And there are lots of confounding variables. So they characterize this guidance as conditional, meaning that individual countries need to weigh the pros and cons in view of their own population's health risks and dietary patterns. The other big surprise, though, was that the WHO included both synthetic non-calorie sweeteners, like Equal and Splenda, as well as sweeteners like Stevia, which we tend to think of as more natural and therefore better for us. We've spent the last 70 or so years searching for a sweetener that had no calories, no impact on blood sugar, no other ill effects, effectively no consequences. One that would allow us to eat and drink as much sweet stuff as we wanted without worrying. In the beginning, saccharin was the zero-cal sweetener of choice. When saccharin fell from favor, due in part to unfounded cancer concerns, Newer artificial sweeteners, like sucralose and aspartame, more than took up that slack, helped along by the low-carb diet craze. When those next-generation sweeteners started to be linked 
inconsistently to things like increased appetite and risk of type 2 diabetes or microbiome disruption, consumers then flocked to erythritol, stevia, and monk fruit. But these more natural sweeteners have limitations as well. Stevia can have a really bitter aftertaste. Sugar alcohols like erythritol can have a weird mouthfeel or unwelcome laxative effects. And replacing sugar with any of these high-intensity non-caloric sweeteners affects the texture, moisture, and volume of processed foods. It can even shorten their shelf life. What's worse, earlier this year, erythritol was linked inconclusively to an increased risk of blood clots. Not to worry, though, there are plenty more non-caloric sweeteners in the pipeline. Food chemists are feverishly working to find new ways to mask the off flavors, compensate for those effects on texture and volume. They're even working on ways to alter the shape of the molecules in foods in order to trick the taste buds into thinking that something tastes sweeter than it actually does. After all, there's a lot at stake. The vast majority of manufactured juices, drinks, snack bars, yogurt, cereals, baked goods, and condiments contain added sugar or sweeteners, and these products generate upwards of $50 billion a year. And consumers want this magic solution too. Sugar tastes good. We are biologically programmed to love it. But we don't want to gain weight. We don't want to develop diabetes. We put human beings on the moon for crying out loud. Surely, in this era of driverless cars and drone-delivered groceries, it should be possible to find a way to have our cake and eat it too. Actually, I don't think it is. Even if we could somehow invent or discover a compound that offered all of the sweetness with none of those downsides, I still don't think it would be a positive development for our nutrition or our health. And apparently, neither does the World Health Organization. In their new guidance, the WHO makes the radical suggestion that instead of searching for the perfect consequence-free sweetener, people should reduce the sweetness of the diet altogether, starting early in life to improve their health. Now, to be clear, I don't actually think that sweetness in and of itself is the problem. After all, the WHO has no problem with whole foods that contain naturally occurring sugars such as fruit. By contrast, a lot of the foods that we add sweeteners to, such as beverages, snacks, candy, and desserts, are foods that aren't adding much nutrition to our diets. Finding a magical solution that would add that sweetness without adding calories or without affecting our blood sugar might make those foods less damaging, but it wouldn't make them more nutritious. Instead of consuming 200 empty calories, maybe you'd only be consuming 50 empty calories, but you still wouldn't have much to show for it. You'd be so much better off eating 50 calories worth of fresh fruits or vegetables or some other nutritious foods. And you know what? If we weren't constantly bathing our taste buds in sugar and artificial sweeteners, those nutritious foods might taste a whole lot better to us. When we eat a lot of sweetened foods, it decreases our ability to enjoy the subtler flavors of unsweetened foods like fruits, vegetables, and other healthy options. This is something I hear over and over again from people that I work with in programs such as the 30-Day Nutrition Upgrade, 
which helps people reduce their intake of both sugar and non-caloric sweeteners. So when they cut back on their consumption of sweetened foods, they almost invariably report a new appreciation for how great something as simple as a really good apple or peach can taste. They are shocked to realize how much flavor and natural sweetness raw red peppers or roasted root vegetables contain. Many never enjoyed eating vegetables because they literally couldn't taste them until they gave their taste buds a break from all that sugar. And you know what? This is especially true for people who use a lot of artificial sweeteners. Even before the Who's latest bombshell, I've argued that we need to stop searching for the perfect sweetener, that one that lets us eat as much sweet stuff as we want without worrying about any consequences. As long as you're consuming them in moderate amounts, the sweeteners we already have don't pose any substantial risks. Now, moderate consumption of added sugars is generally defined as no more than 25 grams of sugar per day or the equivalent amount of non-caloric sweetener. If you're using a sugar or a non-caloric product that measures like sugar, that's six teaspoons a day. If you're using the little packets, it's about three packets a day. Now, for packaged foods, the new Nutrition Facts label shows you the amount of added sugars and or sugar alcohols, and that's really helpful. Unfortunately, with other non-caloric sweeteners like Splenda or Stevia, you have to take your best guess as to how much is in there. I often will check the Nutrition Facts label on a comparable item that's sweetened with sugar and use that as a guide. I don't think it's necessary to completely eliminate added sugar or artificial sweeteners from our diets. Both can fit into a healthy diet, provided that they're consumed moderately. When I drink soda, I usually choose diet soda, and I don't think twice about it. I'd rather not have that concentrated dose of sugar or calories that I'd get from regular soda, and I don't mind the taste. That said, I can count my annual soda consumption on both hands. Okay, maybe both hands and both feet, but it's not a daily or even a weekly habit. I mostly drink sparkling water or unsweetened coffee or tea. And this is equally important. We also want to make sure that sweetened or artificially sweetened foods aren't displacing healthy foods from our diets. It really all comes down to how you are using them. If I'm traveling and I know that I'm not going to be able to get a meal, I will tuck a protein bar into my bag, and the one that I like is sweetened with erythritol. Hey, better that than a candy bar. But I'm not eating a protein bar every day for lunch. Usually, I'm eating a big salad or leftovers from the night before. So I hope all of that helps you feel a little bit more confident about managing the role of sugar or non-caloric sweeteners in your diet. If you'd like to learn more about that 30-day nutrition upgrade program I mentioned, there's more info about that at nutritionovereasy.com slash upgrade. And if you are a health coach or a wellness program manager, and you'd like to find out about doing that upgrade program with your community or in your workplace or organization, I'd love to talk with you about that. We're currently scheduling for the fall of 2023 and into 2024. Reach out to me at nutrition at quickanddirtytips.com. That's the same email that you can use to send comments about today's episode or questions you'd like me to address in future episodes. 
Nutrition Diva is a quick and dirty tips podcast supported by a wonderful team, which includes Adam Cecil, our director of podcasts, Nathan Sems, who is my audio engineer, Davina Tomlin, who runs our marketing and publicity, Holly Hutchings, our digital operations specialist, and Morgan Christensen, our podcast operations and advertising specialist. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.